Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. That's right. We are live on a Sunday with a last-minute decision. Jesse and I decided to come on and be with all of you. Welcome, Word Up, Word Up. It is Word Up Sunday. This is when we lift up the Word of God because God's Word is correct, it's perfect, and in fact, whenever I play this, I'm referring to God, not me. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Yes, that's right. He's right. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined here by the lovely, talented, beautiful, and blessed Jesse Zaboder. Good morning. <laughs> Good to be here, Jeff. I'm glad to be back online with you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be live once in a while, and we just decided to do this last minute. Like, why? Hey, why not, right? That's right. I'm home, you're home. It's a long weekend, and, because, and we don't have lives, apparently. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, I do have a bit of a life, but I am so sore because yesterday I rode my motorcycle over 500 miles. Oh, wow. And, you know, if you're on twisty roads, uh, it's it's actually it's more exercise. You don't get sore, but I was going straight down the highway because I had a destination I had to go to. And, uh, man, I got back. My my head's vibrating. Like, oh, like I can literally hear in my head. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> you know, for about a half an hour after I got off the bike, <laughs> all the all the bumps in the road—I call those little the little side jiggies. That's what that reminds me of. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> side jiggies—you have the best language. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just came up with my own stuff because that's all I could do to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's often the best way, Jesse. Well, why don't I open up with prayer, and then you can give the first word of the day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for every single person that you bring to this broadcast. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit has your has permission by each individual to do the Father's work inside of them, make this word come alive inside of them, because the word is victorious victorious today and i don't even know what jesse's gonna read but i'm telling you it is victorious and i just know that someone is gonna get a blessing from this so lord i just pray you work your word goes forward with supernatural power father god and that uh, it is received we pray for the remission of our sins father god as we all have sinned but jesus christ you came as god and came into the womb and came out as the new God-man and made a way for us to go be with you as your eternal bride in heaven. And I say hallelujah to the Father. May your word be blessed this morning as it goes forward. Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I had a, I'll go into a little backstory before I begin reading. Um, this is a very interesting passage because spiritually, um, when I pray, there's been several times in my life that literally I could see this vision where I was sitting under a tree with the Lord. And it's a place where, 
you know, kind of were just both reclining against um, the back of this big tree. And it's a place where I can just sit there and talk with him. So I'll get into some of that after um, I read this chapter, but it's Genesis 35. And it speaks to when Jacob returns to Bethel. So it says, then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods which you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go to Bethel where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their foreign gods that they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them so that no one pursued them. Jacob and all the people with him came to Luz, that is Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar, and he called the place El Bethel, because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under the oak outside of Bethel. So it was named Alon Bekuth. After Jacob returned to Paddan Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. And God said, your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am the God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a mighty community of nations will come from you, and kings will be among your descendants. The land I give to Abraham and Isaac I also give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at that place where he had talked with him. Jacob set out a stone pillar at the place where God had talked with him, and he poured out a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the place where God had talked with him, Bethel. Then they moved on from Bethel while they were still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel gave birth and with great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Onai, but her father named, or his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day, that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder, while Israel was giving in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Billa, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had 12 sons, the sons of Leah, Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's servant, uh, Billa, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Le Leah's servant, Zilpah, Gad, and Asher. 
These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padan Aram. Jacob came home to his father Isaac in Mimrah near Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived 180 years, then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of years, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. So what's interesting about that, again, like I said, is that there's been times where I've had visions um, of sitting in by this tree with the Lord. And, um, you know, it talks about in Genesis 35 about the place where God um, speaks with Jacob. And, you know, it was this beautiful place. And that's where, you know, the Lord came and it's got this idea again of preparing, you know, that just like Abraham, when the three visitors came to him, one of those being the Lord, he set out these stones and he prepared a meal for the Lord. Well, so in the same place, you know, um, I'm sorry, not the same exact place, but in the same way um, at this place, Jacob, you know, sets up this stone altar and literally gives an offering um, in communion with the Lord of, uh, of oil and uh, bread. And so it, it's just kind of a beautiful imagery of, you know, having this place where you prepare to spend time with the Lord, even physically, you know, we have to remember our God is, you know, he's a spirit but at the same time, there's times the Lord physically appears and fellowships with us. And, you know, these forefathers were not afraid to literally prepare the table. They were like, okay, Lord, let's meet together. And they would physically prepare something for the Lord. And then they would sit down and fellowship with him. And so that's what I would like to encourage people to remember and think about today amen what a beautiful world word and you know jesse because you read some lineage and things like that it really brings up a question that uh has come up and i think it's a really great question so with your permission after i read the word i'm going to ask this and i know that there's a lot of people in the audience who uh, would like to hear your answer on it as well so if that would be okay we will do that afterwards, and, and perhaps we'll even look in the chat to see if things come up. But listen, I, uh, I will say this. If if you do have a question, we'll only answer a couple, uh, but we're not doing intel today. We're not doing things like that. Uh, we're putting apart Sunday to really just uh, focus on, on God. And yes, we. I know, I believe the Sabbath is a Saturday. I usually take it as my Sabbath, but the Word of God is good every day for you. So I'll give you a little backstory on the word that I have today. Um, <laughs> it's actually quite simple. So I was, and if you want some homework, what I was actually going to read, what I'd planned on reading was Genesis 11. And uh, I really think there's a parallel to what's going on today. Uh, and, you know, I've had this kind of a word bubbling up in me for over a week now and it's just about complete but i 
I opened up uh, my Bible and this just jumped out at me and I just knew in my heart this was the right one to read today. So today I'm going to be reading from Matthew 28. Jesus is risen. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and others, Mary came to look at the tomb and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook from fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he was lying and go quickly to tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Thank you, Lord, for your messengers. Mm -hmm. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Rejoice! And they came up and took a hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go bring word to my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, while they were on their way, some of the men from the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say, his disciples came at night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him keep out of trouble and they took the money and did as they had been instructed and this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day very very important statement there but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus has had designated to them and when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And by the way, it doesn't say to the end of the new age. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> uh, man, you know, the word of God just encourages me so much, Jesse. Uh, like, you know, that's victory. <laughs> Amen. It is so encouraging and enlightening. And um, there's just so much depth to the word. You know, that's what amazes me is that after all the years I've been reading it and studying it, every time I open it up, the Lord just keeps 
bringing me deeper and deeper. And even some of the passages, you know, it's like when I thought, wow, that was really deep. It's like a year later, the Lord will bring me back to that same passage and he'll go even deeper. And I'm just like, wow, how can this be? If you devoted your life to doing nothing but searching out the scriptures, you would get into the shallow pool, I would say. Yeah. Um, when, when uh, you know, when uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe at that moment, everything is going to make sense. And you're just going to say, wow. <laughs> I like your special emphasis on that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think I could emphasize it enough. And I don't think there's a word to describe uh, really, uh, there isn't because we don't have enough words to describe the spiritual sphere. Well, I look forward to that someday, you know, as we enter into the the heavenly places, I'm just going to hear this voice all of a sudden and it's going to be like, wow. And I'm going to be like, hey, that was Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm going to be saying, because if you remember what you prayed for on the show, well, first of all, you, you prayed that, uh, you'd be able to kick my ass in through the gates. Yeah, <laughs> so, <I did. laughs> so it might not be a wow. It might be an owl. <laughs> and by the way, God has a sense of humor. He might just let you do that. You know? <laughs> well, we'll get the owl first and then you'll look up from the ground and we'll hear the, Oh, wow. <laughs> Howie, wowie. <laughs> See, so I am becoming more kid like Jesse. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So Jeff, you had a question. So a question that has come up uh, with some frequency, I might add, because we've been talking about uh, bloodlines and things like that. And uh, a very common question is, and, and quite honestly, I want to know the answer to it as well. You know, I, I have some common sense, I guess, that I can apply to it. But how would someone find out what bloodline they are from? Yeah, so that's a really good question, and there's some different um, directions on that. Um, if you are a higher-level bloodlined individual, uh, the chances are that someone in your family or you directly um, are going to be getting letters from the elite or from the Illuminati. You'll get letters from the bloodline families um, that will state or show those connections. Um, if, if you don't have that, you know, I really do not encourage all the DNA or, or blood work tests. Um, you can go that route, but um, there has been some connections with some of them where I believe it goes back to monitoring and tracking people. So that's why I really don't encourage that. But if you know a lot of your family history, another way you can look into to see if you're connected to the upper level elites or bloodline is to um, get uh, Fritz Springmeier's book, The 13 Bloodline Families. It's not, um, I'll just say there, there were a few discrepancies, but they're not what I would consider errors that would make the whole thing inaccurate. His research is, is very well done and his sources were top notch. Um, but there were just a few, um, you know, names or things that I would have changed or added or 
put into a different place than the information that he has. So it's still, it's still an accurate um, and very reliable source. So, you know, again, um, I would encourage everybody to, you know, find Fritz Springmeier, um, order that book from him. Um, you know, it was stolen by the FBI and CIA when they were uh, going after him. So, you know, I would encourage people, please, you know, don't go through the free copy that they posted online so that his work would be discredited. Um, you know, search it out, buy it, and uh, you can read through that and that will give you a pretty good idea. Um, and that links all the way back through the 13 bloodlines and places them into the 13 tribes of Israel. So um, it shows those interconnections. So th that's a great suggestion. And, and I want to reiterate, uh, there are some DNA services out there and stuff like that. Look, I don't know uh, who runs them, uh, but if you trust big corporations, uh, <laughs> you know, the, all the monies kind of flow back to the same people is what I've found. And uh, yeah, if you do, do happen to have... Uh, some blood that they're seeking, it might not be good for you. So, yeah. And I, I will be pretty frank and say that, you know, many of those companies are directly owned by individuals who work for the system, who are definitely seeking. So um, that's why I encourage you not to do it that way, but. Yeah. Hey, listen, if there's a, if there's a question uh, that you want to give, we're not going to make this an overly long one. We want you to get on and enjoy your day, but we will answer a couple questions. If you could just type it in all caps, that way it stands out and I will put it on the screen and we'll do our best to answer the question if it's one that we can answer. Well, we can answer anyone. We can say we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know we've hey, had Carmen's uh, here. Good morning, yes, Carmen. Carmen. Um, so cr from Christopher, um, is selling your soul a real possibility? Um, well, ultimately, everybody and everything belongs to God. So the true answer is no. But um, does the enemy like to make you believe he owns your soul? Absolutely. Uh, people do go through rituals or ceremonies um, you know, blood covenants to sell their soul to the enemy. Um, but that's nothing that can never be undone. Um, you know, it's as, it's as simple as coming to the Lord, confessing that as a sin saying, you know, Lord, I'm sorry that, you know, I made that covenant or that, uh, vow that tie with Satan. I, I confess that I sold my soul to him and I ask your forgiveness. And his word says that he is, faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and that's first John one nine. So um, that's how I'd answer that. If I could add to that, you know, uh, the devil can actually get you to willfully sign over and it, Jesse's right. It can absolutely be undone. So if you're one of those persons who have done that, man, eternity is a long time. Come out, come out, you know, uh, but, you know, so, someone, and listen, uh, you know, the thought is everybody at, at least, well, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but uh, I would say it's not an uncommon thought to say, you know what, 
why not go and pursue this, live as dirty as I can and make as much money, have the greatest life here on earth, then turn, just turn and repent and uh, take God at his word. Well, I would say I would advise strongly against that. First of all, you're going to miss out on a good life. If you think you're going to have a better life because of money or power, you're absolutely wrong. Most of these people are miserable uh, with a capital M. And I got to think there's some eternal consequence to doing something like that as well. Uh, don't play with fire because you don't want to end up in it. <laughs> Amen. Um, you know, should Christians play with tarot cards is another question that came up. You know, absolutely not. Um, it's a form of divination and divining. Um, linked to those tarot cards are a lot of hexes, spells, you know, um, some of them, Alistair Crawley made sets that were called Toth cards, which Toth is the name of a demonic general. So, it, you know, if you're messing with tarot cards, you're pretty much starting to connect with demonic spirits. And, um, you know, that's never a good thing. And that leads to the next question. Why do I call fallen angels demons? Well, it's just a, you know... It, Biblical terms sometimes does call these spirits demons. Um, we have to remember that, you know, the Lord created all of these angelic beings just as he created uh, mankind. And they have a hierarchy structure. So, you know, an army, um, you've got the generals, you've got the mid-level, you've got the lower level, and then you've got the those that are, we'll just say sub-level, <laughs> which are the unclean spirits. And scripture uses different terms for them. You know, when I was growing up in the system, you know, we learned that the highest level, the nine main ones were the demonic generals. Underneath them, you had what we called the demons or the commanders. And those would kind of cover the whole middle and the beginning low levels. Um, so, you know, I just, I use those terms interchangeably. At the end of the day, they are all angels that are fallen because they were cast out of heaven when they chose to follow Satan instead of remaining true to the Lord. So. Amen. And uh, so I put up the question, both of us use the new American standard, although, you know, we both have King James, I have NIV application study Bible, you know, there's uh, other books that go along with it. Just my preference is the new American standard and same with Jesse. Uh, here's a kind of a good follow-up to the tarot cards. How about playing cards? Um, in their essence, you know, we have to remember that, um, well, I guess let me answer that a different way. There are some who believe in who connect or relate those to, to tarot cards. But if I believe there is a difference between just random card games that you play and using cards for divining purposes or to uh, gain knowledge or gain access to types of knowledge. So I, you know, I think there's a, there is a definite distinguishing there. Um, you know, it all kind of connects with original ways people would, you know, spiritually get access to things. So, you know, but in creativity, people made simple, fun games and you know, I, I would genuinely say I don't believe there's anything wrong with the games themselves, um, as long as they're not divining type of games. 
but but also yeah and so i'd agree i think you know we, we could have fun it's always comes down to a heart issue if you're uh using playing cards to uh manipulate cards count cards and to win money and because of greed's driving you well then you know it's not the cards it's it's you right so mm -hmm. i would say that is uh is also something uh here's one jesse that i we actually addressed on thursday's show but i'll uh, i'll put it up here uh were the 711 books of the bible taken out to confuse us and to keep us from having a close relationship with god I wouldn't say that was the reason, um, you know, are they extra biblical or non-biblical sources? Absolutely. You've got a lot of writings that have been found that have been hidden and kept from us. Some of those are valid and some I would say are not. Some are very occultic or demonic focused. Um, you know, out of those books though, um, you know, what, what I would say, the, the reason that they were kept, you know, what's unique about the 66 that were chosen for our scriptures was that every single one of those gives a type or a future or a reference um, that leads us to Jesus Christ as a Savior. So last Sunday I talked about, or last week I even talked about how, um, you know, even the genealogies, if you break down all of those names in order, it will give you in the in the Hebrew language, the salvation or gospel message. So in the books of Genesis, in the books of Chronicles, um, all of those big lists that we find of names, even the beginning list for the priests who um, set up the temple for the Lord, all of those name lists uh, give the gospel message, which leads one to the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. So that's why those particular 66 are together. And because of that, you know, it's the complete fullness of God's word, everything that we need to know to have life in Christ. So, you know, that's what I consider the valid scriptures. Um, are there other books that you know, were separated from there, there were. Um, but the reason is, is that those books, you know, will not lead you back to the Messiah. So that's why, um, you know, some of these authors wrote several books and a couple of them they left out because they, you know, didn't fit in with the rest. So and as you said on Thursday's show as well, Jesse, uh, these Jesuits and that down in the uh, underground underneath the Vatican have been writing for centuries, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, the, the meticulous scribes, and I use that word meticulous scribes because, you know, what the church wants us to believe is that they've been meticulously copying the scripture. And that's part of the setup for the great apostasy, that they want us to believe that we don't have the fuller, complete word of God. And, you know, what they're going to present to us is not the fuller, complete word of God. You know, the Jesuits, along with Israel, are believing part of that apostasy that the true Messiah has not come yet, that he is still coming and so these books that are about to be revealed are going to lead up to the Antichrist being proclaimed God, not only by the church, but by Israel, you know, proclaimed as the long-awaited Messiah that they've been waiting for. So 
you know, it's all the more important to um, really fully know the true word, which is those 66 books to know all, you know, there's over 250 prophecies that Jesus Christ from his birth to his death, he fulfilled. And, you know, the chances of, of one man fulfilling every single one of those, you know, is pretty, pretty low. So the fact I actually have an antidote for that, Jesse, you said that math proves the, the gospel all the time. So it's a right. brilliant mathematician. I can, I cannot find this again, but I read it and I, I, I used to have it at my fingertips years ago when I first became a Christian, but a mathematician. So I believe it's 256 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and he fulfilled every single one, obviously didn't miss one. Right. Um, right. Again, God, heaven and earth can, uh, can keep a book together. I know I'm a broken record on that, but listen to this. Consider the, a, the, a landmass the size of Texas. Okay. Here's the odds that one man could fulfill all those prophecies. If you took the land mass of Texas, filled it with dollar coins, one foot deep, the entire state of Texas, okay? And you marked one of those dollar coins somewhere in that one foot deep sea of dollar coins, and you sent a blind man in, and he found that coin on his first attempt. That is the odds. <laughs> Only God. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's overwhelming when you look at it. Okay, one final question, Jesse, because it's going to give me a great segue to Tuesday. Okay, hold on. Before we do that, can I say one last thing? Yes. So I think even as we're hearing stuff come out or people come forward, you know, the more that we know those prophecies and the word that was fulfilled, that's going to, you know, give us the truth. So, you know, I've had individuals who have proclaimed to be the Messiah before. And so, you know, I'd give them the chance to prove themselves. I would say, you know, are you of the lineage of King David? Well, yes, I am. Uh, were you born in Bethlehem? Mm, no. Uh, did you travel to Egypt and come out of Egypt as well? Um, no. Okay. Well, scripture says, you know, that that the Messiah will be born of Bethlehem and that he'll come out of Egypt. You know, out of Egypt, I called my son. That's what scripture says. So, you know, as we know these things, we can then, it gives us discernment into discerning who these false Christs are so that we are not deceived when they're doing the signs and the miracles and the wonders. Amen. It's only by knowing the real thing that you can distinguish a counterfeit. Uh, and by the way, I'm gonna so I'm gonna put this question up, but then you you want to stick around for what we're gonna talk about just going forward to uh, Tuesday. So, are the descendants of the Nephilim bloodlines damned? Is there salvation for them? That's a good question. That is a that's an amazing question. I guess how I'm gonna answer that is, you know, the Lord said that it's appointed unto man you know, wants to die and that every, you know, so we know there has to be death. Um, we know that the Lord desires that none should perish, but come to a truth of the knowledge, which is the knowledge of Jesus Christ and their salvation. So the fact that, you know, they have that mixed DNA and there is human DNA in there, I would say that they have a choice. 
um, you know, they have to choose if they're going to follow the Lord or not, just like the rest of us. Um, it's the same choice that the, you know, the fallen angels had to make before they were cast out of heaven. They had to choose would they follow Christ or not. Um, so I think that, you know, that like us, they have to make that decision. So what's interesting about that is, uh, you know, I've been speak, I've been talking to Cisco a lot, man. She has been blessing me, Jesse, just as you have uh, over the last year, and she's been telling me about the the three strand DNA that they have and some of the things that are going on right now in current news that are trying to create that got really really interesting. So um, we are going to be live on Tuesday. Uh, at 7 p.m. Don't miss the show. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll be on channel one or channel two. Most of our Intel stuff now will have to go on to channel two, which is our YouTube channel two. Podbean, of course, you're going to get it uh, regardless and uh, and on other platforms. But channel two, the link is below uh, this broadcast and you want to, to, uh, to subscribe to it so you get the notices and things like that. Um, also you do want to sign up for the SOS army, uh, right now it's a bit of a newsletter, but we are, you know, working on some things in the background. We're coming up, uh, we're getting some people in place at the top levels and we're going to be rolling out some stuff, uh, even this month. So, uh, you definitely want to get involved. And by the way, you can just sign up for the newsletter, be in active duty, or you can get into active duty, uh, with the SOS army, uh, that is coming up. So. Uh, those are the big announcements. Of course, we don't advertise or sell, sell anything, uh, on Sundays. We just want to, uh, give it to the Lord. But so just remember to, uh, you know, please subscribe, like, and share. It really does help. Any, uh, final thoughts, Jesse? I would just encourage everybody to go home, love your family, have a wonderful Sunday, and just really enjoy spending time with the Lord together. Well, why don't you uh, close out with the regular clothes or you're not comfortable yet? Oh, with the regular clothes? Yeah. God, love your community. I'm so bad at remembering things, Jeff. <laughs> I know. Make I a difference in your community. <laughs> All right. I got to do it. Uh, Jesse? Difference in your community. <laughs> love your God. Love your family. Love your neighbor. And <laughs> make a difference in your community. News, views, opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. There's actually uh, intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio.